Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat, and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, everyone, to the PA the FIWA podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and this is the show where I share tips and strategies for PAs and other healthcare professionals out there to reach financial independence where work becomes optional while treating and preventing burnout along the way. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share about an interaction that I had last night. So one of my great friends that I met in PA school is moving out of state to North Carolina, and it breaks my heart. But last night, we had a going away dinner for her where we invited some current and former colleagues as well as other local PAs that we graduated PA school with. And towards the end of the evening, I was chatting with one of the PAs who I don't get to see very often, and she was so kind to take the time to share how the information that is shared in this podcast has helped her as well as her PA colleagues during times of burnout and trying to negotiate with their employer and trying to decide about job change and things like that. And she said that the information she learned gave her hope. And that is honestly one of the kindest things that you can share with a person who's trying to create content to try to help others. So my hope for you today is that you find this information helpful. And if you haven't already done so, try to share it with those colleagues that you are working with or your friends or the people you met in grad school or your program when you became a healthcare professional. Honestly, when I first learned this information, I felt like I was on an island and didn't really have people to talk to about the information that I was learning. And then naturally through conversations, I would ask some questions or some people would talk to me and we would find out that we're both into this topic of financial independence. And so during that time, I was able to build up a small community of those around me locally, but then also find others online through social media that live in other states as well as other countries. So if you are feeling like you're learning all of this information alone, try to find those around you who are also into the information. And the two of you, five of you, 10 of you, how many of you there are can be sort of like a support group as you go through the journey together of becoming financially literate paying down your debts, building your wealth, reducing your burnout symptoms, and setting yourself up as well as your family members up for less stress and more options in the future. I completely understand that finances are rarely taught in high school, college, grad school, medical school, etc. And many of us are taught to work in this helping profession and show up and be a team player with a smile on our face every single day. But The roles that we are in are really challenging roles, and hardly anyone actually talks about finances. So I hope that through the information you're learning that you start to normalize 
financial conversations with your friends or colleagues as well. If you have found this information helpful, it would be wonderful if you could leave a written review on the podcast player that you are listening to this on if they allow written reviews such as Apple Podcasts, or you can leave a star rating review as well. Leaving a review helps others to be able to find the podcast a little bit more easily. So on today's episode, I want to give you some tools to consider if you have changed jobs recently or are planning to change jobs soon. And the topic that we're going to be talking about is what in the world are your options for your current 401k plan once you leave your job and change to a new employer or become self-employed? And if you haven't already listened to episode 13, way back in the podcast, go ahead and listen to that episode where I talk more about 401k accounts as well as some other investment accounts. But when you are leaving a company that has a employer-sponsored 401k plan and you are switching to a new employer or becoming self-employed, you actually have four different options of what you can do. And I'm going to break down those four different options for your 401k, discuss some pros and cons about them, and hopefully give you the information to make a well-informed, educated decision as to what the best option is for you in your specific situation. So the first option that you have, I am going to touch on it quickly, but it's not the most ideal option. In fact, this is the least ideal option, but I want to just mention it and then focus the time on the other three options. So the first option you have is you can actually cash out your old 401k plan. It is highly recommended that you do not do this, but because it is one of the four options, it needs to be mentioned. If you are in extreme financial hardship, then maybe this is your last resort of needing funds and it might be a good option for you. But for the majority of people, you should not be cashing out your 401k. And that is because of a few different reasons. One is you often have to pay early withdrawal penalties and income taxes on the money that you cash out. But more importantly, you are losing out on the power of compound interest. Remember, your investments grow and compound upon themselves over time. So they need time to stay in the stock market of whatever type of investment you're invested in. Ideally, low-cost broad-based index funds for the majority of people. If you cash out that money now when you don't really need it, you are losing out on many years of growth and wealth building over the years. So although this is an option, please don't consider it unless it's absolutely necessary to pay a giant financial hardship bill that you have of some sort. And even if that's the case, make sure that you are looking into other options of trying to get out of the financial hardship before you consider cashing out your 401k. All right, that was the not fun choice. But now that it is out of the way, let's talk about the next three options that you have. The second option that you have for your current 401k funds from your old employer, or if you are going to be switching jobs soon, your current employer is that you can actually leave the money where it is. You don't have to do anything with it. You can go ahead and change jobs and just leave your 401k where it is. So what are the pros and cons of doing this option? So you should only consider this option if you are satisfied with both the brokerage company or the broker, meaning 
the company of where the money is invested within. So examples of those are things like Vanguard, Fidelity, Charles Schwab, etc. Those are big brokers, but also that you are satisfied with your investment options and the fees that are associated with the plan. So let's break that down a little bit. Let's use Fidelity as an example. It's a very common brokerage company. Let's say your employer uses Fidelity and it has options of what you can buy within the plan that's associated with your employer's 401k plan. And you like those options because they are good investment options and they are low fees, meaning that they're not sucking off some of your growth and keeping the fees or the money for themselves for Fidelity. Also, it's important for you to understand if there are ongoing fees that may change, may become higher if you are no longer an employee for that company. So you do need to do a little bit of digging and a little bit of research. You have to contact either people with your own company and or Fidelity and make sure that you are thoroughly understanding what your options are if you do decide to keep your money there. Even if you aren't going to be changing jobs soon, it's still important for you to understand all the details about your current 401k plan. For example, a previous employer of mine automatically enrolled us in a certain type of program where our 401k funds were actively managed by Fidelity. And when I was doing more research, when I was becoming more financially literate and learning about financial independence and the importance of low-cost broad-based index funds, I was doing some digging into my 401k to better understand it. And I realized I'm signed up for this actively managed plan that my employer just automatically enrolls their employees in. We did apparently have the option to opt out of this, but again, it's not something that is well-defined, very obvious in front of your face, or that anyone walked me through as to what does that actually mean, right? So when I realized that this plan had higher fees because it was actively managed, I decided to elect to unenroll myself and then change my investments to all low-cost broad-based index funds instead of certain investments being in a few different places, some that had higher fees than others within my Fidelity 401k. Another potential con of leaving your funds in your current 401k plan is if for any reason your old employer and or the old brokerage company decide that they aren't going to be collaborating with each other anymore or one of them has issues or closes or goes under or things like that, then they may actually change where your 401k plan is invested through, meaning that they could change from Fidelity over to Vanguard or something like that. And you can have a hard time keeping up with where in the world did it go and then having to create new accounts and things like that as well. Another con of leaving it in your current 401k plan is that you could actually forget about it. When you are switching jobs, especially if you do so frequently throughout your career, you may not remember where in the world your 401k plan is located from three employers ago. We are all very smart individuals and adults, but it'd be pretty tragic for you to realize, oh shoot, I probably did have a 401k plan from that job and I guess I don't know where it is and have to do your own digging and trying to find it and it can turn into a lot of headaches. So no one's really going to be holding your hand and saying, hey, don't forget to transfer your 401k plan over or don't forget about this money invested here. 
because if you forget about it, they don't really care, right? So you can see that this option can be good for some people if you really like the plan that it is currently invested in, if you like your investment options, if you like the brokerage company, it's reasonable to keep it there. But there are a lot of good reasons why it's also a good idea to take it out of that plan. So let's talk about options three and options four, which are if you do decide to take the funds out of your old 401k plan and put it somewhere else. So your third option is that you can roll over your old 401k into your new employer's 401k plan. Alternatively, in a similar vein, if you are becoming self-employed, which could mean you're opening up your own clinic or practice or being a 1099 independent contractor where you have your own LLC and technically self-employed even though you're contracting with other clinics or organizations, you can roll over your old 401k plan into a solo 401k if you decide to set up a solo 401k option. But let's say that you are a W-2 employee switching employers and becoming a W-2 employee for that new employer as well. And let's say that you looked into your old 401k plan. You're like, "Mm, this brokerage company is kind of smaller. I'm not sure that I necessarily like them as much, or I don't really care for my investment options. They have quite a few high fees or very limited, and you want to roll over your old 401k into your new 401k plan. Doing so is nice because you're consolidating your 401ks. With finances, there's a lot to be said about ease of use, consolidation, having things automated. We're all about trying to keep things as simple as possible because we are busy professionals. So not only are you consolidating your 401k, but you're keeping track of where it is, right? Remember, in the last option we talked about, theoretically, you could forget about an old 401k plan either right away or years in the future. If you are considering this option, make sure that you, again, like the investment options that you have and that the fees are not outrageous. And then the fourth and final option that you have with your old 401k plan is that you can choose to roll it over into an IRA. And if you recall, that stands for Individual Retirement Account. In episode 13 as well, talked about Roth IRAs, backdoor Roth IRAs. There are also traditional Roth IRAs. And we're going to break that down just a little bit here, but make sure you go back and listen to episode 13 if you haven't done so already. So because IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account, the individual part in there means that it's an account that you actually open yourself as an individual at whatever brokerage company you would like to open it at. Traditionally, 401k plans that are employer-sponsored, or meaning through your employer, have been traditional 401k accounts. But many of them now are also offering the option of a Roth 401k. And some employers have the option to be able to contribute some into a traditional 401k and some into a Roth 401k. So you also need to understand if your 401k funds are traditional or are they Roth. And the difference between traditional and Roth is that traditional means that your money goes into the traditional account before taxes are taken out, and it actually saves you on taxes in the current year. But 
when you do start withdrawing funds in the future, you have to pay taxes on those funds. Roth is the opposite. Roth means that you've already been taxed on the money and then you put it into the account and then it grows for many years. And then when you withdraw it, you don't have to pay taxes because you already paid taxes on it many years ago. So I wanted to point out that both 401ks and IRAs could have a traditional component or a Roth component. In 401ks, it kind of depends upon what the employer sets up. But an IRA, because it is an account that you open up, you are the one that decides if it's traditional or Roth. And many of you are probably thinking, oh boy, this is another layer of investment knowledge that I need to understand and it's confusing and what in the world options should I pick? Should I pick traditional? Should I pick Roth? I don't know. I'll give you a tip to consider about this, but if you have a tax professional that you work with, for you or you plus your spouse, you can discuss which option might be better for you for this calendar year, so to speak, depending upon your tax situation, your income, etc. But the main tip to consider is if you're in one of your higher income earning years of your career, you very likely want to pick traditional to invest in because that helps you reduce your tax burden for that year. Then in other future years, when your income is lower and you take the money out of your traditional account and have to pay taxes on it because your income is lower in that year, your taxes would theoretically be less on the money you're taking out. Conversely, on the flip side of things, If you are in a lower income producing year, the thought is, is that you should be choosing Roth for your investments. And that is because, hey, I'm in a lower income year. My taxes are going to be lower this year. Go ahead and tax my investments before I put them into a Roth account. And then years down the road, when I withdraw them, who cares what my income is? It might be higher, might be lower potentially higher if you think that this is a lower income year for you now, and then your taxes will be tax-free because you're already taxed on that Roth investment years prior. That is the guideline to use as to whether or not to pick traditional or Roth for your IRA and or your 401k if you have the options. The next follow-up question that I can hear many of you already saying, because I've definitely had this thought myself, is how in the world do I know if this is a high income producing year for myself and or my spouse and myself if you do taxes together, married filing jointly, or is this a lower income producing year for us? And some of you can definitely identify which years are lower. For example, if you have a longer maternity leave and you don't get paid during that maternity leave, that's likely a lower income producing year for you. Or maybe you are taking a sabbatical for a month or a few months, traveling around between jobs. Again, that's probably a lower income producing year for you and Roth might be a good option. Or maybe you are a newer grad and you're like, hey, this amount of money is more than I've ever made, but I understand that in the next few years, I'll be able to negotiate more and build upon that income over the years. Maybe you pick Roth. On the flip side of things, if you are a new grad, but your spouse makes a lot of money themselves too, and you do married filing jointly for your taxes, and together you have a high income, then perhaps you choose traditional to save on taxes. The tricky part is that we don't have a crystal ball, right? So 
if you are newer in your career and negotiating and building up a salary, changing jobs, and you feel like you have a higher income, that's great. At the same time, you don't know if maybe you're going to start cutting back to four days a week, three days a week, et cetera, and reduce your income over time too. Or once you have kids, potentially watch them for one to two to a few days a week and still work only part-time at that point, making those years the lower income producing years. So you can see that this is all about strategy. At the same time, some people say, well, we also don't know what the future is going to hold for tax brackets. They might be going up over time. And I don't mind you know, paying taxes now and dealing with withdrawing my investments tax-free in the future. And others say, well, let's just defer taxes as long as possible and do traditional. And in the future, when I'm going to be withdrawing them, I maybe plan on not working at all at that point or super part-time, and then I'll deal with taxes down the road. So a lot of tax professionals or people in the financial independence community do suggest having some traditional and some Roth type of investments to be able to kind of pick and choose what years you want to withdraw from which account in the future. The other thing to consider is if you are going to be rolling a traditional 401k account into a traditional IRA account, that means that you cannot do backdoor Roth IRA conversions in the future because of having those funds in the traditional IRA. And backdoor Roth IRAs were discussed further back in episode 13 as well. But backdoor Roth IRA is a strategy that you can use to invest within a Roth IRA, even if your income is over the threshold of contributing directly to a Roth IRA. It's these extra steps that you have to take. So if investing in a Roth IRA, either through the backdoor or not, is part of your strategy for investing, you probably do not want to roll your traditional 401k into a traditional IRA. If you roll a traditional 401k into a Roth IRA, because you're going from traditional into Roth, then you pay taxes on that conversion. So again, what is your income looking like for the year? Is your income lower and you wouldn't mind paying taxes on that? Then go ahead and do that switch. You might have a Roth 401k that's, again, a little bit more likely, but you can convert Roth 401k into a Roth IRA as well. So the beauties of IRAs are that you can pick your own brokerage company. So if you really like Fidelity or really like Vanguard or Charles Schwab or something like that, you can go ahead and pick that brokerage to open up your IRA account through. But then you self-direct your investments. You pick the index funds that you want to invest in or other types of investments if you prefer which means that you can also choose the ones with lower fees. So that's the nice thing about IRAs is that they are truly managed by the individual, which is you. Another benefit about IRAs that I have read online, although I haven't necessarily experienced this myself, is supposedly that IRAs provide more flexibility when it comes to naming beneficiaries and estate planning. So you can choose to name specific individuals such as your spouse or your kids or your siblings or your parents to inherit your money in case you were to pass away or even organizations to inherit your IRA assets. I know many PAs and other healthcare professionals are currently job searching or recently got a new job or planning to in the future. So I really hope that the information in today's episode was helpful for you 
to better understand the four options they have with your old 401k plan when you do change jobs. As you can see, it's really important that you understand your options thoroughly. If you have a tax professional that you can talk through them with your options a little bit more and find out which one they think could be a little bit more helpful for you. Or if you'd like some further help and guidance as well, you can reach out to me too. And I will do my best to try to help answer your questions as well. Thanks once again for taking a listen today and I will see you back here soon. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.